Check one, two. Said the night wind to the little lamb. <laughs> so disturbing. Do you queer what I queer? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's <laughs> happening. That's, that's recorded, so it could be. <laughs> okay, Hi. We're leaving it in. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm I'm alive. You're alive. I'm kicking. Alive is um, very vibrant. That's a vibrant feeling. I don't feel vibrant. No. Okay. Well, vivant. I feel... <laughs> Je ne vivant pas. Okay. French here, though. You know what I mean? Je mort. Oh, my God. Does that mean I'm dead? I, I don't know. Yes. To be dead. Listen. No. Look. I'm pretty... I'm not I'm not in the brightest place today. But you are I'm pretty. I'm just going to come out with it. Okay. Yeah, on the way over here, Tom's like, <laughs> I'm just getting an Uber now. I hope it gets in a car accident. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't say that? Well, you can't text it. You're the one who told me that. Oh, my God. I'm so... <laughs> Faux mortified right now. Photified? No. I hate you. Shit. Um, everyone, welcome. Thanks for welcome tuning in. To, to Do You, you queer, queer What I queer. queer. That's Elliot. And that's Tom. We are Dick Quick. And this week, we have a special somebody. Yay. Yay. Hi, Chai. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Appreciate it the most. Chai, you're giving me vibrancy with your toque, which I appreciate. It is the most primal shade of neon yellow. Right. I love it. I'm Anyone who it. isn't Canadian listening, toque is a beanie. Ooh. Yeah. Or a hat. Really? A knitted hat, specifically, though. Knitted, knitted hat. Like, yeah. You can't just toque a, a like. Hats too basic. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. Hats are basic. I Hats are our listeners. <laughs> Basic scarves are not, and Pamela's rocking one of those. Yeah. Again, resplendent is what I'm getting from her. Resplendency. Yeah. She's yes, serving. Pamela. She's speaking a lot with her eyes right now. There's um, a regality to her. Is that a word? Yeah. She's regal? I mean, It sure. is now. Yeah. Right. Thank you. We're inventing. Colors, everyone. What are our colors? Chai, what's your color? Oh, I'm going to go with neon yellow. Oh, that's so good. Super bright. Today. However, did you pick that? Um, You know what? I reached <laughs> in my closet and there she was. Uh, but also, too, uh, I like to... I uh, You fight the dreariness. It's February in Toronto. It, it is snowy. It is dirty. It is damp. Um, I want more sunshine. It's time. We're pushing back constantly. We're pushing I'm- back. I love it. That's I'm fucking inspired. A lot of those things, though. Yeah. I am damp and I'm dirty. <laughs> I'm usually covered in snow, so I just need to put on. Honey, a toque. the showers in that room over there. Listen, who has the time for showering? <laughs> I just need a neon toque and I'll be fine. Tom, what are your colors? Color? Ugh, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a dark gray. Mmm. Like cumulus nimbus. Okay, that sounds positive. It's a very modern take. Yeah. Gray mm. is very in. Right. Chic. As far as like you know, you're just shining your neon all over me. Interiors, it's a it's a nice backdrop <laughs> to make everything else pop. So you are doing everyone a service by continuing to live in your truth as a gray. You're shining effervescence. There you go. Get it? Really? There you go. Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's okay. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling my dark gray. Slate. Slate. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, did you mean slate? <laughs> I'm feeling a little more marbly. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Brightening into up. it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird. I also my color is sky based as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like that beigey orange uh, right after the sun drops below the horizon, but isn't quite gone. Mm-hmm. You know? Because you know that feeling on like Sunday afternoon, and you're young and you're in high school or whatever, and you don't want the week to start and the sun just set. And like, do you know that feeling of dread that you feel in that moment? I was not getting dread yes. from that moment. Dread. I Maybe get dread. Just, I it's like the of... end of the day dread. But I mean, get end of the day dread. I think Tom and I are also very anxious people. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell. Yeah. Can you lend <laughs> us some self help books? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this is now a self help How to podcast. deal with sunset dread? <laughs> Anyone? Sunset dread. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a piece to like that time. So I've been very in that headspace today. I was also really hungover. So like, have you guys ever searched for the green light? Huh? No. What is this? So apparently this is what we did when I was in Hawaii. When the su- as soon as the sun sets, apparently there's a flash of green light <gasps> that like emits from the horizon only for a split second. Is this an urban legend? It, What's- it probably is because like we 
hunkered down for that green light on the horizon, and we, and we never got and it. And so. no, no, you never saw it. It didn't come. It's Urban just legend. an excuse to make children stare into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Some very, very terrible parents. <laughs> like, you'd be better without eyesight, I think. So, But isn't that... There's a song about it. Um, Lord, isn't it? Oh, is that with green light? She I thought she just really that. wanted to drive around like, and not have stoplights. No, she's singing, about, she's singing about the I horizon think. light. Mm. I That's think. beautiful. I'm trying to figure out how that would like scientifically make sense because it's just scattering of light in the air is why we have colors, right? So, anyways, Is this science corner? Because is, I'm so not read up. I chronically speak about things that I do not know about and actively It's uh, a good thing you wrong. have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Geography is my topic. Last week I said that um, Edmonton was in Alberta. No, <laughs> no I said that Alberta was in Edmonton. I was, so. No, okay. Yeah. I was, yes, yeah, I was yeah. momentarily confused. <laughs> See, I can't even get it right how I got it wrong. Yeah. I'm geographically dyslexic, so. I don't, that's not a thing. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Tom? Thank you for keeping me on track. Diagnoses podcast. We have some. We have some, some business. Housekeeping. First. Follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Patreon and email Twitter. us at doqueer at gmail.com. Tell us your stories. Tell us your feelings. We want to hear everything. Yes. Um, and second, this episode is coming to you recorded the same day that last week's episode came out. So yeah. there's a weird latency period. And if we don't address... If, if you're emailing and you're like, hey, they didn't even get back or address it on air, it's because it's the same day. So there's a bit of a backup happening. Yeah. We apologize. A backup. A backup. A blockage. Oh my God. Sure. Let's of go no, there. Of noise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like an oral constipation. But like AU. That's right. Right. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> um, Chai, help us. <laughs> help us. We're spiraling. <laughs> you just get up and walk out. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I'm literally sweating. Like. Um, on that note, we uh, did miss uh, a write-in for our Valentine's Day mm-hmm. episode that we want to read right now. Is that right, Elliot? Uh, I'm going to actually read that write-in later. Before oh. that, we have um, I got a different email from the lovely Kate, um, keeping us on track as always. As always. And last week, I had said we should, this Colton Bushy, um, the acquittal of all charges is bullshit and shame and we need to write to the Supreme Court blah 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 because I don't know fucking anything so Kate's like here's how you actually make change happen amazing so you need to email uh, the Attorney General of Saskatchewan which is jus.minister.gov.sk.ca and then the Federal Justice Minister is Jody J-O-D-Y dot Wilson dash Ray Bould and the last name is R-A-Y-B-O-U-L-D at P-A-R-L dot G-C dot C-A. People are going to have to back that up 15 times to know what I just said. But there's some good emails. We can post it. Uh, we can tweet about it. Yeah, let's write that email out on the... Yeah, on our, we'll make our that shit, so. more legible yeah. for you all. But um, also to say, so uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, the federal justice minister, actually met with Colton Bushy's family. And uh, CBC quoted her as saying... Those reforms are coming. The reality of the Bushi family coming here and the evaluation of the national consciousness on the challenge and systemic barriers that marginalize people facing the criminal justice system is very welcome. Although that being said, she was able to give no timeline, so that doesn't mean we should stop emailing and it doesn't mean we should stop asking for justice. Great. And so everyone needs to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Kate. For just, like, just take our podcast. I don't even know what we're still doing here. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> Jesus. So uh, email. Should we read the Kate email? Kate can be a correspondent. Yeah, yeah, seriously. That's though. a great idea. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Kate. Correspondent Kate. Yeah. Kate despondent. Kate despondent. I despise us. Here is so another listener. Literally, we got this email after, like, after we hit stop on the record for the Valentine's Gay episode. Here is a story that I really hope you all enjoy. And thank you so much for sending in. I haven't heard this yet, so I'm excited. Okay. This is from someone named Julie. I'm a bisexual woman who was married to a straight man. We've known each other since we were teenagers and we've been in love for most of that time. Just this past summer, I started to really put in towards my identity, which has long been part of my life. I started to name it, to call myself bisexual, queer. I rolled those terms around the corners of my mind, my soul, my day-to-day life, feeling in turns elation, panic, fear, 
wholeness and vulnerability. Through all of this, my partner was kind, supportive, and open. His acceptance of this new way for me to identify was actually a bit unnerving. I thought he must be suppressing his own negative feelings about this. One night, we were lying in bed and I was panicking about myself, about him, but what my family might think. And at the height of my worry, he gently took my face in his hands and said, this is something I've known about you since you were 17 years old. I don't see you any differently. I looked into his eyes and cried. Thank you, I whispered. To be seen, to be accepted, to be loved and acknowledged for who you are, to have your straight life partner love you, empower you, give you space and hold you close. What words can I choose to describe that feeling? What gratitude can I offer up to this, uh, to have this man in my life? With my husband's support, I am more able to truly blossom into who I am. Is there any greater gift a partnership can give? I only hope I can be as accepting and as supportive of him as he grows and changes too. Awesome. Wow. Teary, teary that's Tom over very, here. That's very well written. It's that's so beautiful and it's such a positive story of support and that is what relationships should be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, fuck, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sending that in. Really appreciate that. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I <laughs> I had some like... <laughs> I now like hate what I'm going to talk about. I was like, I have some Olympic updates. <laughs> Fuck off! No, I'm not giving Olympic updates. I'm canceling Olympic Corner. Okay. Olympics are canceled. No, <laughs> no, we're not doing it. I will only say this: that I'm figure re- skating. <laughs> Oh my god Because what else is there to talk about What the fuck I mean I wasn't going <laughs> to talk about it But they were so good I like, never knew I loved skating The whole performance was like oh, You can't riveting. be on a show called Do you queer what I queer And not, and not talk, talk about, about figure skating. skating It's just not possible <laughs> The fuck You're do you so think right. we are You're so right. I watched it four times and wept every time Oh so good Anyway Figure skating aside How dare I I know I know <laughs> You're now straight for dismissing figure skating. <laughs> Winter Olympic Olympics is figure skating and Summer Olympics is uh, gymnastics. That's it. There's Absolutely. nothing else. There's yeah. nothing else. There's Absolutely. no other reason to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that. Listen, listen. There's lots of queer athletes that do not agree with you, but that's fine. I'm dating one of them. Oh, <laughs> you're dating an Olympian? No, not an Olympian. But I do. One of my partners is a, is a power lifter. Ooh, oh, wow. Exactly. See, there you go. Do they ever practice on you? Like deadlift? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what would that entail, Ellie? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I'm, I'm picturing it now, and I should go home and recommend it. I think so. I'm picturing, <laughs> I, I like, will. cartoonish you lying sideways and, like, deadlifts with... Maybe you're posing, you're resting your hand on your head. Maybe yeah, it's nonchalant. No, I, I mean, he's basically an, uh, an ant, so, like, lifting, like, 40 times his own body weight. Holy is, shit. Know, not quite 40. Good lord. But That's wild. I, yeah. It's okay. I can't even pick up this microphone right now. I'm <laughs> resting it on my leg. So it's true. I can uh, I can verify this. Need some of that strength in my life right now. Anyway, that, I'm deadlift. <laughs> Listen, look. Um. Oh, I should. We should mention that I was. I don't know. I think you were talking about um, Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue's gold medal winning ice dance performance to was Mou- I? to Moulin Rouge. <laughs> it was the gayest. It was unfathomably spectacular. Oh, I'm obsessed. It was like someone queefed glitter in my face and I was, <laughs> was a cat. I was just t- taking breathing it in with every breath. It was fabulous. Fabulous. <sighs> Sound like my mother. Um oh shit. But yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say that um Canada is the proud host of the Olympic Pride House this year. Ooh, so amazing. The, uh, what does the, that mean? So the Olympic Village, like the sort of safe house for LGBTQ athletes, uh, is one in the same as Canada's village. Which, cool. um, sorry, sorry, I should say that in Sochi, such a village was not able to exist mm-hmm. in Russia. In Korea... Um, it's frowned upon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, I'm really proud of Canada for this reason. Yeah, to take on, the, you know, the safe space Fuck for yeah. all the Olympians. I love that. I think there's 14 out queer Olympians, but it doesn't matter how many there are. Mm-hmm. There needs to be the space, mm-hmm. and I'll just Fuck read yeah. what the house says if if you want. Please, please, please. Uh, within these walls, where those with Olympic hearts came together, you are welcomed, accepted, and respected. This is your house no matter who you are or where you come from. 
You are at home regardless of your sex, sexual orientation, race, marital or family status, gender identity or expression, sex characteristics, creed, age, color, disability, political or religious belief. All that we ask of you is that you be respectful of all Olympic competitors, make some noise and cheer loudest for the ones wearing the red and white maple leaf. Be proud, be you, be Olympic, Team Canada. It's people kind. Oh my god. (laughs) That was amazing. Yeah. Very well written. So yeah, that's that's on the front of Canada Olympic House. Like that's just fucking awesome. Strides. Yeah. You mentioned Russia and I really need to bring one thing up briefly. Okay. All right, am I co-opting? Are you done? Go ahead. Yeah. Have you guys heard all this last name? Have you heard of Yulia Savanov oh shit. Savanovskik. Savanovskik? The Russian... Okay, so... Take it as a no. Close, no. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to try that name again. Um, it's just like Jessica. Uh, so she, Anne Smith? <laughs> Anna Nicole, no. She is a Russian woman who got a breast reduction surgery okay. for the reason that she wanted to be more active in her life and it was giving her medical problems. Of course, her prerogative. The government took away her children because they said she was a trans man and that her husband and her were now in a same-sex marriage and took her children away from her. And she was like, no, 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 this was a legal surgery. And, like, there's so many things wrong with the story. The fact that that even happened, the fact that she had to prove that it was a legal surgery because apparently fucking, like, gender confirmation surgery is illegal. Right. Much is just such a clusterfuck of bullshit. Holy but this fuck. story is so bizarre to me. I don't even understand. Well, it's also a really prime example of how um, when we're talking about social justice issues and we're talking about homophobia or um, transphobia, um, it's so easy to dismiss people's concerns because it doesn't directly affect you. But this mm-hmm. is a really prime example of how rampant homophobia and transphobia affect everyone. It's not just... Um, limited to affecting people that directly identify in those ways, right? This is a Mm -hmm. woman who made a decision around her body and her level of activity and how she wanted to lead her life Mm -hmm. and uh, and a government agency, a bureaucratic government agency is saying uh, that she can't do that because of their institutionalized transphobia. Such a good point that you made, yeah. Bunkers. Yeah, I, but the taking away of the children doesn't even, like, of all ways to punish this kind, I don't fucking know. Anyway, I just wanted to briefly mention that, and Russia's just a mess, an absolute mess. Russia. I forgot to mention misogyny in there. Right. Should have been top of the list. <laughs> How could you yeah, have forgotten? I, right. So, yes, we hate women and trans people mm-hmm. and anyone who decides to have a modicum of uh, influence over their own body. How dare you? Yeah, how fucking dare you? God. Russia. Get your Get together. shit together. We're all in your corner. Just just step up. A million steps. Climb that fucking ladder to the top. <laughs> that was Dark Corner. Dark Corner? Dark Corners of the World. I want something... There's like... So we should say that it sounds like there's... There's an emergency there's happening like, outdoors. I yeah, don't know what it is. There's a building collapse outside or something. Honestly, possibly. So many alarms. Ice. My guess is ice. <clears throat> yeah, oh, true. Yeah. Shifting or falling ice. A piece of ice um, fell off... A building and hit our friend in the head. What? And she had a headache for three hours because of it. <laughs> I'll tell you who after. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, it's dangerous out there, kids. Yeah, watch out for falling ice. Beast. And Russia, not, right? Watch out for falling ice and Russia. Stay in school. Only do some drugs sometimes. Oh. Just kidding. I really hope children don't listen to this podcast. They do. Ah. Uh, and they look up to you. There's no reason for and, that. To happen. And what you say is important. You're right. Keep us on track. Please, <laughs> for the love of God. Neon light. Yes. yes. Crown her. Crown her. Um, yeah. Can I ask you, mm-hmm. um, the word queer, yes. what does it mean to you and how do you come about relating it to your life? Yeah, your absolutely. That's a huge question. And I was, uh, I was mentioning to Tom earlier um, when you asked me to be a part of this, uh, I was... Uh, Part of why I was really pleased is it offered me a moment of self-reflection around uh, just queerness and queer identity and um, got me thinking about some of my sort of foundational queer ideologies and what those things are and where they came from, where those ideas came from. Um, And I don't know, 
as a human being, it's not often that I, I don't think it's often that a lot of us take time to sit back and think about where the foundational ideas of our identities come from. And it was just really nice to be able to pick out like words and terms and books and ideas and thoughts that really kind of permeate my being mm-hmm. in, in, and that I carry with me, whether or not I'm like always super conscious of that. So queerness um, for me is really, um, I personally identify as, um, maybe this is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I identify as a queer person of color, uh, non-binary. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, or he, him. Um, uh, those are identities that are constantly shifting and becoming and changing um, as I continue to shift and become and change. And I think queerness for me is really fundamentally about uh, allowing room and space for non-identification, for allowing room and space for constantly becoming and changing and shifting and really being. Uh, Jose Munoz talks about this idea of potentiality. Um, so again, like sitting back and thinking about these really fundamental ideas of like what queerness is and what it means to me and how I carry it um, with me in the world. Um, Queerness for me is really about potentiality and the possibility for change and the possibility of a different future and the possibility of um, shifting identities and ways of relating to my body, ways of relating to my partners, ways of relating to my desire um, Mm -hmm. or reprogramming um, attraction, reprogramming my aesthetics reprogramming the way I question the world or move move around in the in in all sorts of spaces um yeah so it's a it's a real sense of pride in my own otherness like Mm -hmm. um to be able to problematize and question and shape shift um and challenge and reform but from a place of of love of a place of possibility um neon yes that's right so um that's what queerness in a lot of ways um for me uh is about and continues to be about um yeah love that you highlight the the nature of it as a verb like the nature of it and its relation to your becoming and your continual unfolding and like it's it has um like it like it transforms people like it has a continuing effect on who we are and that's why tom and i like like i'm, I'm gonna ask you next it was mm-hmm. there a watershed moment in your queerness but the issue with that is that it always presupposes sort of a coming out story or but like queer is a a development like it's a lifelong development yeah. you know so take that question how you will yeah, for sure you can do a coming out or not like it doesn't matter it's just the it's so important to highlight as you did the the journey that it is yeah. as i guess redundant yeah, as yeah. that sounds but yeah so again like um munoz is like queer is not yet queer mm-hmm. is not yet queer um, futurity yeah eh? we're always reaching for something beyond um how we currently are or identify like um and in a sense of like a watershed moment or um a continuing education or understanding around my, my own queerness. Like a lot of that happens in community in relationship mm-hmm. to other people in Toronto um, in particular has been extremely formative and important in, in that sense for me, there's, there's a ridiculously talented, vocal, communicative, compassionate, thoughtful, creative, thriving queer community here Can you write my in eulogy? the city. Um, I just use a lot of adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And being able to be a part of community organizing in this city, particularly around issues that affect uh, queer and trans youth or uh, queer people of color, um, being able to participate. I'm uh, another one of those identifying words that I'll, place on myself would be like theater artist or performer and one of the things that I really appreciate about um, my work in Toronto's theater community is uh, as an independent theater artist I have been able to work with a lot of theater companies 
uh, independent theater companies around uh, queer stories uh, that um, end up being the beginning of a conversation with my community. Like they end up continuing to uh, tell stories and engage in storytelling uh, in a way that um, either reflect the experiences of a particular community or continue a conversation that's happening in community, whether that be around race or um, sexuality or gender or kink or, um, uh, yeah, any number of things. Uh, so I'm exceedingly grateful um, for participating in Toronto's queer theater, independent theater scene. Um, scene, I hate that word. <laughs> uh, um, but in a way um, that feels really um, uh, socially responsible. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, Shout out some uh, some shows or, you know, like... I saw... Uh, I first saw you... Oh, I, no, I've seen you in so much, but Chai was in Queer Bathroom Monologues. Yeah. With... Um, it was just a cast of three with Cassandra yeah. Moore mm-hmm. and with ha- Hallie, Hallie B- Burt. Yeah. And... Uh, oh, f- Oh, yeah, we by Megan Watson, my very good friend who works at the Grand now. Yeah. Sheila Cavanaugh was the playwright and sort of author of a like an academic text around um, the toilet, act, like literally the history of the bathroom, mm-hmm. um, but also uh, identifying in doing research around uh, the toilet, the bathroom, um, and people's access to it. Um, she discovered all of these stories from real life individuals around um, their access to this space that we continually kind of take for granted, like just our simple basic human right to pee in peace mm-hmm. um, or um, have sex in a bathroom stall. Yeah. Um, so she received all these tremendous, courageous, um, heartwarming uh, sexy uh, stories around people's experience with the bathroom and didn't have a place to put them in an academic text. Mm-hmm. And so wrote this play, which was like a lot of first person accounts. Um, yeah. And uh, Hallie and Cassandra and myself got to play multiple parts and just um, step into multiple people's identities and tell for their me, stories. For me, even as like a fucking like cis white man like white gay guy seeing that story I, my my mind was blown like i really it was the first real like context i had to to you know bath trans people in bathrooms mm-hmm. it was before any of the like you know i was ignorant going in and i walked out like whoa i need to learn more right. yeah and even just being able to start those conversations is is i mean it's where my art and my activism have a really fundamental meeting place is being able as an actor or as a performer or as a creative person uh, to step into roles like that or to have somebody approach me with a story like that and say yes that is a story I believe in and that needs to be told and I want to be a part of sharing that with other people and continuing that conversation and opening people's eyes around those issues Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the types of pieces that I I try to participate in or that I like to participate in. I did yeah. another really wonderful show with a, um, a company uh, called Small Axe, um, which was around uh, homophobia and uh, violence and um, in the Afro-diasporic Caribbean community. And uh, again, it was another uh, series of first-person accounts um, around navigating and uh, dealing with a lot of that, which was super important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Katie Sly is another fantastic playwright that I've had an opportunity to work with. And uh, her show for Summer Works, I had an opportunity to tell a story around a queer woman's identity around sexuality and um, her sort of like, moving from a place of fundamental like parental abuse into kink and BDSM and what that journey was about. So like just continuing to be able, I played an abusive stepfather, but, (laughs) um, 
Yeah. Sarcastic. But again, uh, again, just being able to uh, participate in telling those stories is something that's really, really important. So uh, again, awesome. Toronto, uh, so much love for Toronto and the independent theater scene and the stories that people are telling and the way that people are creating theater and creating new work. Um, are you a Torontonian? Like, were you born? In no, I'm. From? I'm a. I'm an American. Oh no way! She yeah. is a closet American. Get She's a closet out. American. Yeah. Seriously, get out! No, I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, I. Um, let's see. I moved to Toronto from Philadelphia. Um, I grew up in a small town right outside of Philadelphia. I grew up in Sharon Hill, Pennsylvania. Cool. And uh, I came to Toronto. In 2005 or 2006, it was shortly after George Bush got reelected. <laughs> Junior, bye. Yeah. Um, and now so not that was about, so about these days. Yeah. Oh my god! Right? Exactly. I left then. <laughs> um, yeah, and I voted for Obama twice from the comfort of Canada. And, uh, <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. And uh, I haven't been back in in quite some time. Um, yeah, you know, is that land- where your family still is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a landed immigrant. I'm here. I have no plans on on leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly now. Mm-hmm. Whatever do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> do uh, I don't know. It's just, um, you know, what it's interesting being like a queer person of color and sort of like straddling. Um, uh, identities in that sense around like race and sexuality um as as a black person i would often hear uh folks talk about how if you grew up in the south it was a lot more comfortable because you people were very vocal Mm -hmm. and very straightforward around their racism and it was a little bit easier to navigate because you knew who didn't like you and that was like that felt comfortable like that felt safe okay and i find the further north you go the more um subversive is not the word but insidious, like insidious maybe like maybe insidious yeah the the more uh the less direct people are around some of their um their misgivings around like race around gender etc um so uh something that i really find again fascinating is probably not the right word for this because it directly impacts people in their lives um but it's also terrifying. Um, but Trump era, era racism mm-hmm. is uh, really kind of fantastic to to witness and to speak up and out against because um, people aren't shy anymore. And then you can actually have a dialogue with people and maybe we can't fundamentally change anybody's perspectives, but it... Um, there is something, no matter how like gross or dark it is, there is something really comforting about the idea about being able to confront someone directly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it so. really has been like a unifying experience mm-hmm. for everyone who mm-hmm. is not an alt-right extremist. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I agree you know, with that. yeah, um, yeah. Something that was really mm-hmm. great when I was doing a lot of direct organizing work back in Philadelphia is that when things were bad, you had a direct enemy to kind of focus on. There was a zeitgeist. There was mm-hmm. like a, a critical uh, energy to kind of rally folks around, and people weren't complacent. Like you had, you had to speak truth to power because there was somebody standing in the way of that. It's like Voldemort. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, don't say his name. Sorry. <laughs> um, whereas I don't know. And I got very tired of, um, I think a lot of people who are like directly involved in uh, direct action and political organizing uh, get very burnt out. And I got very burnt out and I left the States. Mm. Um, uh, There are other ways to contribute and participate in those things that don't involve direct action. You can uh, host events and raise money and give food and, and I continue to try and do a lot of those things Mm -hmm. so was that like was that your reason to coming to toronto like are you a modern day draft dodger uh i was with a partner who sponsored me we were common law they were canadian and uh i did not get into graduate school and they did shame on you new school shame on you um (laughs) and uh 
Bush got reelected and I was in love and we had been living together for two years and we had a dog and I didn't want to do the long distance thing. And for a big part of why I left the States was around politics. Being a black person in America is can continues to be James Baldwin. <laughs> Being black in America is to be in a constant state of rage. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, again, so to pick up around the sort of idea of like moving further no- and further north and racism getting progressively more insidious as you do that, um, I haven't found that those things necessarily change dramatically when people aren't as direct with you mm-hmm. um, and those problems continue to exist in Canada they continue to exist in Toronto specifically um, I think the controversy around Black Lives Matter in Toronto and the um, TPS Toronto Police Services um, is a good example of that around like uh, around pride around um you know, if we want to talk historically in Toronto, we can talk about the Toronto bathhouse raids. If we want to talk currently, we can talk about the like park raids. If mm-hmm. we do, you know, there's yep. like a ton of examples yep. of how, um, you know, the yeah. the powers that be will, uh, you know, so Russia, yeah, and one is one thing, but yeah, you yeah. know, all of those things exist here in Toronto as well. And we have, have to- we started this podcast with the controversy around like the BLM sit in mm-hmm. where Tom and I are basically just yelling the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we said, I mean, we said it in our first episode, I can say it again right now that I just had no idea how many racist friends I had, which is so white privilege. Like, like, many, that is the most white privilege. How many thing people were on the side say. of the police? Yeah. And social like, media is a really wonderful whoa. thing, a, run, a wonderful way to maybe not to have those conversations, but I, I'm going to speak directly to some white people, right? Um, yeah, you might not know this, but some of your quote, black friends, unquote, don't actually consider you to be a friend. They don't actually consider you to be an ally. And we watch and we listen and we observe and we make our decisions about who we welcome into our life accordingly. So... Can you say that louder for the people in the back? <laughs> like, Jesus. So, yeah. Um, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, we see you. It's okay. What's your take on – this was a conversation that we've started having with um, the Colton Bushi vigil and allyship and, mm-hmm. uh, like – a white person asking a black person how to do things right like that's yeah, yeah. But, but what is your take like as an ally what do you look for or what is like maybe a red flag's a better place to start you know like how do you know when someone's not actually an ally yeah we often like i as a as a participant in social justice as a social justice warrior um i love social justice warriors. right participating in the modern age you know so we're on facebook we're on social media we're learning things from each other in like new and radical and really like amazing ways all the time um and we're getting a lot of that information from each other online so there's a lot of um unfortunately uh we don't often get to sit down in front of uh, our peers our fellows and community and have these conversation conversations with each other and look each other in the eyes like we're like you and I are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it through a medium. We do it through an interface. We fight mm-hmm. on the internet. It's why I don't have Twitter because I don't want to fight with strangers. Um, and I need to conserve my energy for the people that are a part of my life where I can have uh, an opportunity to kind of shift the ways that people think. Like I prefer to call my folks in who are a part of my life when I can make an accurate assessment about whether or not it's possible for me to have a legitimate conversation with you to talk about what my experience are mm-hmm. experiences are and to sit face to face with you and have you be able to understand where I'm coming from in a way that might actually fundamentally shift some of your ideology mm-hmm. if I can't do that if you're just a stranger on the internet or acquaintance acquaintance that I have on my Facebook friend list like i I I literally don't bother to have those conversations with you. It's a waste of my energy. It's a waste of my time. And it just stokes the fire of animosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you sorry, exude I self-respect. Like I need that, like the, the conservation of energy and the, it's like, so important I need to learn that too. So it's so important. important. Like I just, you can't, I, I cannot have those conversations 
with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not my responsibility or job to like, I can send you some YouTube links. Um, I can point you in the direction of some resources, but it's not your job to educate. It's not my we job. Have to educate ourselves. Right. Yeah. And you know, Google, you know, there's no reason that you should be at like now is the age of information. Absolutely. Just fucking like, take 20 seconds and learn the thing because mm-hmm. you can yeah. You know? yeah if I wanted to like if if I if I value our friendship or our connection um, and uh, you say something that I find problematic or dismissive of my my place in the world my identity my way of being something that's kind of like fundamentally kind of damaging mm-hmm. um, then I approach yeah um if I don't, then I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. This is like choose your battles. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. This is yeah, yeah. not like really similar. The block button is your friend. Yeah, true. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Tom's on the other side of that button quite a lot. Oh, so this is getting back to your original point. Sorry, sorry. You asked me about allyship. Yes, yes, yes. So what I look for in allies is somebody who is willing to have when somebody, Tom. If we're connected on Facebook and you witness somebody say something that you're like, oh, girl, she shouldn't have said that. And Tom steps in on my behalf. That's that's what I look for Mm -hmm. in allyship. Mm -hmm. Somebody who uh, knows that I'm trying to conserve my energy in order to be my full self. And if it doesn't directly affect you personally and you can step in and speak it. Um, maybe not on behalf of someone, but like, mm-hmm. I like Could, to no like my short, sorry, no complacency. right? Yeah. Yeah. My shorthand is come get your people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come get your people. Yeah. Like, can someone come? Wow. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and then the second thing that I'll say in terms of what I look for in allyship, we talk about often. And I get this again from like social media land and social justice warrior like land. Um, I'm looking for accomplices. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for people who want to put themselves out there and do that work and aren't looking for cookies mm-hmm. in return. Like don't need me to be validating or welcoming or appreciative of them putting in that effort because mm-hmm. that's not why they're doing it in the first place. I feel like a lot of people do that just to be like, hey, look, I did a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, look what I did. I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, eh? Yeah, I'm very suspect of anybody who says that they're not racist. Mm-hmm. I'm not racist, but. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? Because I think fundamentally we all carry learned prejudice with us. I have much more respect for somebody who is willing to stand there and affirm these are the ways in which I am racist and I am working on them. Yeah. I am a white supremacist in the fact that I was raised and steeped in white supremacy. And when I look at my friend group and I look at, I'm a photographer. And when I look at my Instagram photography page, like I see white supremacy Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I just don't have a lot of black friends. Like that's white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Like in, in action, that is what that is. And like, I need to do the work, like not being racist is work but that doesn't mean that you can't not do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the most necessary thing to do. Yeah. We're talking about all these things being like verbs, like yeah. actionable things are super important, right? Yeah. Advocacy is an actionable term. Like anti-racist behavior is an actionable term. Like justice percent. is an actionable term. Love is a verb. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to do. It's something you have to work at. It's something that you have to perform a million there's percent. no complacency or just like there's no it's not a noun there's mm-hmm. no state of being you do it yeah, yeah. and it's all like multiple becomings right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm wondering too what you think of um anti-black racism in queer spaces and in gay bars because like i know a lot of like white i don't go to a lot of gay bars <laughs> <for that laughs> reason, like, but is that is that why I, or i don't know um i mean there's so that's a super layered question um there is a really uh amazing radical sober queer community here in toronto and i think increasingly talking about the ways that uh drugs and alcohol and substances um we call it intoxication culture Mm. impact the lives of 
uh, queer people is super important. Um, so I don't go to a lot of bars. Right. Number one right. for that reason. I'm sober and I, I, um, uh, yeah, I, as a form of harm reduction, I practice, um, like, uh, I just like, abstinence. A, like a separation. I, I practice abstinence. So I just yeah. don't do, I don't drink anymore. Um, well, maybe then like, like cultural spaces. Cause what I'm thinking a lot is, um, like drag culture, uh, <laughs> has a lot of like white people talking like quote unquote, like black women yeah, or like, yeah. I'm a gay with a, like a black woman stuck in me. And like, then that becomes reproduced in culture. And like, mm-hmm. I see a lot of my white gay friends doing this stuff who would call themselves not racist. And then like act like a race, like, yeah, we see you. Yeah. <laughs> we see you. Um, that's the, I don't know the short answer to that. I, um, look, I mean, gay bars are super fundamental to gay culture. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm, I can't sit here and deny that. I grew up in lots of gay bars, both here in Toronto and back home in Philadelphia in the States. Um, they are absolutely like, um, linchpins of our community. They are places that we can rally around, um, and, uh, fuck and meet and engage Mm -hmm. um so they're super super important um being able to recognize how race and gender and class and sort of like all those like um intersectional values shout out to kimberly crenshaw Mm -hmm. um how intersectionality um really influences and works in those spaces is super important yeah to to do so you being able to I mean, I mean, even identify what you're seeing in gay bars as being somewhat problematic in terms of um, appropriating racialized identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a conversation. Is that a conversation we would have had five years ago? Is that a conversation we would have had 10 years ago? Like, No. I also need to remind myself, too, like I have the privilege of the academy. And so when I see these things, I think that I like not everyone has the privilege of education and like it's my duty to share that privilege mm-hmm. and like ha- like continually educate. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because a lot of it just people don't know. Like there's just so much stupidity. For sure. I mean, I went to, um, I went to Swarthmore College uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, like esteemed liberal arts institution. Mm. Um, it's not where I began my life. Um, so I'm super grateful for the education that I was able to have by participating in this particular institution. Right. Um, I haven't pursued a a graduate degree, um, which is rare for somebody who went to the institution that I went to. Mm -hmm. Um, what am I getting at? Uh, bell hooks is really amazing at this. Like it's really important, uh, in plain language, uh, to take back the lessons that we have learned from those institutions mm-hmm. and to bring them back to our community in really like plain language so that we can continue to have those conversations and not to um, not to be elitist ab- around educating people, Absolutely. but it's also really important to be critical of those learning institutions in the first place. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. The um, politics of a syllabus, like just yeah, yeah. everything. So I've learned so much more in my life and in my being not going I mean I can't deny the fact that I went to this school or institution I was able to have that education but I also learned a lot through YouTube I learned a lot through conversations in community I learned a lot through Facebook I read so many articles like yeah uh I pursue the things that interest me and I continue to learn and you can do that not going to a recognized institution yeah Now's the time. Like, Now's the like, time. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so, so much. So there's anyway. Yeah. So there's no excuse. Yeah. 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 You're Get right. your shit together. You're right. Get your fucking shit together. <laughs> Tom, you're so quiet. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm taking it all in. I mean, I'm learning a lot. Fuck. Pancake Tuesday. Pancake Tuesday. Yeah. Well, part of it for me is like, it's so we always, the irony of this podcast is like learning how, when to shut up, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when to just listen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hey, two white cis guys with yeah, their fucking exactly. other platform like we, that you we don't struggle with need. it so much. We're like, oh, should we just stop doing this? Like, like our voices are all over the place. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's a that's a but that's another really wonderful thing about um, 
you're actualizing your privilege in your choices to have certain people on as guests speaking back to you in conversation. You're mirroring having these conversations to other people, you know, with your peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, use your platforms for good. Like if you have privilege, like pay it forward. That's, you know. Yeah. Anyway. I think we'd equally be having the same conversation if we didn't. Cause we'd be like, we're privileged and we should be t- saying something. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like it's like the argument it's holds for both. It's way, just, yeah. 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 And also not problematic in the sense that, yeah, like, actualize your privilege and use it. Like, yeah. put it to, yeah. Interesting. I like you listening, though, Tom. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you have some shows coming up this summer. Do you want to talk about them? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, me, 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 me. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So, uh, <laughs> performer, uh, writer, artist, activist. Um, burlesque, pole dancer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these are the things that you need to know about me. I don't have any plays coming up for the next little while. Um, my my day job, my hustle is working in retail. <laughs> so nice. I'm just focusing on that and trying to pay some bills. Um, but I do have like some uh, burlesque and pole dancing performances that are coming up in the next little while or things uh, related to that world. So there's a really wonderful event that happens once a year at the Gladstone Hotel. It's going to be on March 2nd. Uh, it is Bent Beauty Supreme. It is a queer beauty pageant. I am the first winner of the pageant yes she's got the crown <laughs> still i have the crown oh, that's what that yellow represents on your head i get it i get it um, you're the regality yeah she is bringing it to you anyway um so bent beauty supreme happens uh at the gladstone on march 2nd um so it's like a, a queer beauty pageant so all the contestants participating do uh, a formal wear a swimsuit and a talent uh competition uh so it's super super entertaining and all the proceeds raised go to the rainbow railroad which aids refugees um queer identified refugees so that's on march 2nd at the gladstone um i'll be walking the runway but i won't be you know performing sad i know um because i already won (laughs) (laughs) don't hate hate. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah they're not bringing me back for another season um and then on uh march uh 21st i will be performing with les femmes fatales which is toronto's premier women of color burlesque troupe um the show is blacker than black it will be happening at the revival um bar on college west and that's on march 21st so yeah yeah. my pole dancing alter ego will be there and performing along with a bunch of like amazing fire femmes of color um yeah axel blows is my uh pole dancing alter ego axel blows axel blows i love that Uh, so so keep an eye out for axel Axel. so exciting Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's what i got coming up next amazing I don't know what made me think of this, but I think I said Bibi Zahara and it made me think of it. But um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Milk on RuPaul's Drag Race just really fast because I used to love them. I was the- really excited. I was so excited too. And I thought they were like hot. And then this season, it's like a dumpster fire. Like the worst editing. Fame my- got to them. And then like. But uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tom. Like, uh, so. Again, this is a really wonderful thing about participating in the modern age. Like, why all of a sudden are we regarding Milk as being a spoiled brat? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with privilege and the space that someone like Milk occupies and the way that um, both the way they perceive drag, the way they perceive aesthetics, the way that they communicate around race and privilege. Like, Mm -hmm. what happened between... um, uh, Sorry, uh, oh God. I just watched this episode. Kennedy. What happened between Milk and Kennedy? Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. What happened between Milk and Kennedy is a really prime example of like, uh, like it's impossible for me to watch that episode and not raise questions in my own right, uh, mind around like race, around privilege, around yeah, yeah. access, yeah. around, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I even know. around like, um, body politics or like, uh, um, uh, uh, attractiveness or like do you know what I mean like, like there's just, all these layers and I think people are really like picking up on that yeah. and like being really conscious about it and in a way that 
translates to people going, oh, sh- she's a spoiled, entitled yeah. brat. And maybe we can call her out for it, and maybe we can call her in for it, mm-hmm. and maybe she'll show up later on a reunion episode mm-hmm. and atone for her, like, ignorance, and maybe she'll continue just doing her. And both of those things are fun. Totally. I recognize through milk my own attraction to white mediocrity and like the way that I but it's true and like the fact that I thought they were so hot I'm like I am so brainwashed by like European white mediocrity beauty standards and like seeing like just just seeing it unfold now I'm like kicking myself in the head but I don't know I guess it's like a learning curve but and the fact that we even have language to talk about that kind of stuff right. or that it becomes more like I'm, I'm just going to continue to be the neon in your life. Yes, like, please. You don't have to just the fact that we can recognize those things and talk and we now have language to talk about them mm-hmm. is really transformative. Um, I'm a little bit older than <laughs> some of you. A little <laughs> bit older than some of you <laughs> ladies. Um, <clears throat> but um, I... I really, and people get really down on millennials, but there's something really amazing about the conversations that a lot of folks in that generation bracket have brought to the table Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of older folks need to sit the fuck back and shut up and listen to. Yeah. I was teaching a class today. This sounds like I was so nervous to teach it because this premise is ridiculous, but it's a, like I'm teaching a tutorial uh, for anthropology, just like intro. And what we had to do with our students was get them to write down their perceived nationality of themselves and turn to a partner and guess that partner's nationality to mm. try and like to recreate that TTC moment of like, what are you, you know, mm. and like what and like to show them like the I socially did that at a conference last week, that exact exercise. Really? Yeah. It's so interesting, like the socially constructed nature of it. And then we had to do it's PBS on their website has a race sorting game with the old census races for American like border crossings. You can't see the face I'm making right now. (laughs) I was, I had to, I was like, listen guys, like this can go really bad or really good. Like I need your help with this right now. But the point of it is that like, there's a white girl who's in the black category. You know what I mean? Like the point of it is right. To show the point that, like, is that it's all arbitrary and socially constructed and kind of fucked. Yes. But like just what you're saying about millennials, like I was just so happy to hear my kids be so receptive and like there wasn't one hint of inappropriateness and they like caught on so fast as to what the goal was. Mm. And they were just so reluctant to like participate. And I was like, thanks. You know, like there, there's a good conversation happening, but I was just like, laughing because if someone if faculty's walking in the hallway and there's like black asian like mm. it's like oh my god this is so like horrible and i hate that i have to do this but yeah you're right there's something powerful happening right now there's something and, super powerful happening right now and yeah. i'm like so excited to be a part of that mm-hmm. and to be able to have those conversations um and to incorporate lessons into my life uh so um to be able to use all these like all this language, all these identifying words to have all these super um, academic, um, but also culturally like accessible language around identity, around like race, around queerness, around my own gender identity, around like desire, around just, oh, it makes my nipples hard just thinking I about it. I love that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Cut some apples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just really, I, I just get a, a big kick out of, um, you know how sometimes you play that game with people where you talk about what time period you would live in if you could choose any time period? Like, yes. I want to be now. It has to like, be I now. just want to be here. Yeah. Um, or the future. I'll always, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the yeah, future. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Or, or, we hope. Or the most, we am- right? <laughs> or the most amazing post-apocalyptic, Afro-futuristic, like, awesomeness. Um, yeah, that's, those are my two choices. I love that. Um, but uh, there's something really exciting about being about being able to participate in your own now. Like, so I just encourage everybody to do that. That's awesome. Like, I'm, I've learned so much. Like, I've <laughs> learned so much. I Like, our listeners, you better be fucking thanking yeah. Chai right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can write in and thank him, and we'll pass it along. Yeah, for real. Uh, silver linings. Can we do silver linings? Yeah. We skipped anecdote corner. Do you have an anecdote corner? No. You're good? Okay. Do you want a minute to think on a silver lining? Or do you want to start? Do you want to start? Um, I can start. What is yours? I read this thing on line the other day. 
And I've been arguing with people a lot in the last few weeks, like mm-hmm. just arguing with bigots and racists and homophobes mm-hmm. and transphobes. And I get just too worked up about it. And I don't know, like I have to start to care about how it's affecting my anxiety. Um, sort of. But I read this and I don't know, it gave me a little bit more passion moving forward to continue to have those awkward conversations all, all these conversations are so awkward all the time and let's just I don't know I'm just gonna keep having them but this person wrote um, the uh, one thing I don't think people realize is that in arguments about human rights it's not about trying to persuade the other party it's not about them at all they've already made up their mind it's about persuading the audience If I call out my teacher on being homophobic, I'm not trying to change his opinion. I'm trying to convince any closeted kids in the room that they're not the monsters he's made them out to be. If I argue with my aunt about how racist she's being, it's not because I expect to change her mind. It's because I'm hoping to God my cousin's kids hear and learn that maybe skin color doesn't mean what she says it means. People will try to hush you and say, they're not going to change their minds, don't bother. But it's not about them. It was never about them. It's so good. And I was just like, okay, all right. Oh, that's so Maybe. Good. I really want to end with Neon Chai, so I'll go next. Because <laughs> we need to end on cool. the highest note possible. Cool. Mine. Oh, also, we skipped Silver Linings last week because that episode was just so floofy. And, yeah, the like, whole thing was anyway. silver. Yeah. Um, so my Silver Lining, last night, my one of my mentors who's in the PhD program, she's so sweet. And she took me out and like bought me shots. And we talked about school and decompressed. And it was so nice. And then I get home and I was like wasted and I couldn't sleep so I watched Godless and Mary Agnes on Godless gives me so much life she's like the queer role model possibility model I always needed isn't it incredible like who the hell is that actor I don't know she's amazing yeah that's mine it's pretty mediocre but fair enough that's what gave you that's what gave you neon so yeah it's true soak it up (laughs) (laughs) um my silver lining uh, for today um, would have to go out to uh, two loves of my life. Uh, my my very, very dear friends, Miss Fluffy Souffle and Miss <laughs> Facelift, who are two oh, yeah. Toronto drag queens here in the city who um, do a little thing in the city called Drag Queen Storytime. And they read children's books to um to to little kids is it at the library right uh they are currently at the 519 community center oh okay Um, i watched their video so yeah there's a a video on buzzfeed um right now buzzfeed lgbt um and i'll just uh i posted it to my facebook um but i'll just read what i wrote about um these are my talented articulate compassionate glorious friends facelift and miss fluffy souffle carving out a little corner of learning fun and inclusivity in this world and i couldn't be more pleased or proud or inspired by their magical workings and perseverance in the face uh in the wake of the haters my angels and then there's a little angel baby with wings and a crying face and a sparkly heart and a unicorn and some more sparkles Uh, those are my emoticons of choice for the moment (laughs) but yeah it's just super like um i went to school to be a teacher um and i left public school teaching because i found it really um confining in terms of how i could identify what i could teach um and i always loved my students but um a very very dear friend of mine taught me that they're told me that there are, are very many there are many ways to be a teacher and I haven't been a classroom teacher in ages but I continue to like learn and grow and teach other people that's one of my missions in life and it's just so inspiring and beautiful to see uh, Faye and Fluffy um, teaching uh, really really young children um, that like you know tolerance and acceptance and beauty and uh, gender and compassion are just um, really universally fundamentally wonderful attributes to have and to see that happening at an earlier and earlier age is really it gives me a lot of hope for the future so i will continue to be the neon in your life the neon we desperately need <laughs> <laughs> the sunshine to our gloom thank oh, you so that much was so Chai. lovely i'm so inspired 
Okay, go to bed. Yeah. Go to bed. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Um, okay, thanks for listening. Um, check us out again on Facebook and Instagram and fa- and whatever, everything. Nothing. You know, they know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> thanks for listening, and thank you so much, yeah. Shai. Bye. 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 Bye.